Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Monday, May 13th, see Class B girls at 8.30 p.m. Central and Class A girls at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. It is my great pleasure to announce that the 2023 Heisman Trophy winner is Jaden Daniels from Louisiana State University. Low snap to Lavatai Army bringing pressure. Fortner forces the fumble. He recovers it at the 40-yard line, and he's going to take it in for the touchdown. Caleb Fortner. The strip sack, the recovery, the 40-yard return, and this place is going wild. They fake it to him. Now they screen it to him. All sorts of running room and blockers in front. He's flying to the 30, the 20, the 10, cuts back, makes a man miss at the 5. Touchdown, Bengals. Chase Brown showing his speed. Russ takes the snap, looks to his left, now looks to his right. Forever to throw the ball. Steps up, now throws a deep ball. He wants Cortland Sutton in the end zone. Cortland goes up and makes the catch. Touchdown, Denver. Long kick, plenty of leg. What a great call by Mike McCarthy. Just as everyone said he should do, he sends in Aubrey for a 60-yard field goal, and Dallas leads 10-0. They send Debo inside of Brandon Ayuk right, Kittle inside of Jawan Jennings left, and McCaffrey goes in motion, that bumper motion out right. Blitz from Bobby Wagner, they pick it up. Deep shot, Brock Purdy's going downfield for Debo! Touchdown! San Francisco! Good morning. Welcome in on a Monday to Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. Hey, man. We're live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, as well as YouTube and Twitter. You can join us on the video stream there. Welcome into another week. I like, you know, I like some of those highlights, getting a little 49ers highlights in there, making me feel good, getting the week started off right. Uh, Do you realize... San Francisco. Do you realize the Bears are like one game? They're out not of the playoff spot. Bad. Like they're not bad. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that on the way in because Justin Fields is my fantasy quarterback. And You're welcome. It, I mean, listen, he's pretty solid to be honest. And in fantasy, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's I love those QB rushers. Uh, but, but I'm I'm kind of watching the Bears and the last few weeks. I'm like, hey, they're actually not playing bad. And then yeah, maybe the, that Montez Sweat signing yeah, or trade rather that's will a, pay was, off. I was thinking about that. I was like, not that long ago, we were talking to each other, just asking, what are they doing? What, like, why on earth would you trade for a guy that doesn't fit your window at all? Because you don't know what your window is yet. And all of a sudden, they're a game out of second place, two games out Mm -hmm. of second place in their division. And if the Raiders, Shane, would have scored at least a point this weekend. Any points at all. Maybe. (laughs) Any points at all. They'd be even in better shape because the Vikings would not have seven wins. Well, they don't have Sebastian Janikowski anymore, so they they can't have the standard, you know, three three field goals. So they didn't get any points because of that. Three to zero. That's not good. 
The first point was scored <laughs> under the two-minute warning, Robbie. I was kind of just scrolling through scores to see what I missed yesterday, and I go, wait, what? 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 Yeah, it's a baseball score. What happened? I I was – I'm glad I didn't spend any time watching that game. I saw enough of those in the Big Ten West this year, but – my goodness, you're Raiders, bud. Like, what, what is happening? Like, Shane, you're Raiders. Woof. Is this, that, is this that moment where I can be passionate? Yep, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before the show about what you can and can't say when you're passionate, so that's why that joke comes up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little behind. Which, speaking of passion, Patrick Mahomes was passionate apparently about the wrong thing yesterday. I just, okay, so I probably hold Mahomes to a different standard because of who he is, right? We kind of hold these these high-end, elite, kind of face of the, of the league quarterbacks to a different standard. We hold them to the Brady standard, to the Manning standard, where I just need you to not complain about clearly correct calls. And listen, I get that what I think happened, the, the most generous explanation, I think, of what happened is that Patrick Mahomes has been so frustrated with his team all year, specifically the receivers, because of all the drops and all the the inability to get open and all this stuff, right, that I think it just boiled over in that moment because he knows that that was the right call. He knows the guy was offside, right? Like, it was literally the ref's response was, yeah, usually we do give a warning, but we couldn't even see the ball he was so far offside, so we went ahead and just called it. Like, that was their actual explanation and so I Patrick Mahomes has to know this and I think he's just been so frustrated and will not throw his teammates under the bus which I appreciate that he ended up lashing out at the refs in a situation where it's a terrible look like you can't blame the refs for that loss that's on you guys well so Tony did he not acknowledge where he was like I ask this question all the time when this penalty gets called. Did you not look over to the sideline and give the thumb and up? it doesn't look like he did. And so he lines up. And looks like he's just dead ahead the whole time. First off, you, you, don't make, you don't make eye contact with the official and say, hey, am I good? The second thing is, how do you not know that you're on top of the football? Yeah. Like, you are right there on the yeah. line of scrimmage. Like, you can look over and be like, oh, I probably should take I a might, half step back. Yeah, I might be a little aggressive here in my lineup. What are, you, what are you looking at? Are you just looking at Mahomes the whole time and you just think because it's muscle memory where you line up, you, you're, you're good? I, you know, that, that to me was a little mind-boggling. But we wouldn't be in the spot today, or, or Mahomes wouldn't even be arguing that, mm-hmm. if it didn't result in a touchdown or in – it results in one of a, a cool-looking play a spectacular where, where Travis Kelsey fair. ditches the ball back to Tony and he runs it in for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But the Chiefs were at a point in that game, too, where they're playing a good Buffalo team. Mm-hmm. Like, despite the record, they're still a good yeah, Buffalo team. One of team. the most talented teams in the league. It's one of those games that has some deep-rooted rivalries, at least as of late, mm-hmm. because these are two teams that always match up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So th- this is a game that you want to win so badly that in turn can lead you to lash out on things that you probably would stay at home about more. Yeah. And so (laughs) all that being said, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, like, yes, you can like be frustrated about it, but you got to quit. You got to quit complaining about the little things until it's time to talk about them. And so what I mean by that is when the game's over 
and you're going to shake Josh Allen's hand? How about you stop? Like, Josh Allen does not care that that penalty was called against you. He does not care. And you're going up and saying, like, that was effing bullshit, this, that, and the other. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, To me, it's just a cheap, cheap look with somebody that talented who's won that many games that you really – and that's why I think it's about something else. You know, a lot of times you see people lash out about something and you're like, what's happening there? I don't understand. And that's why I think it's about the season as a whole, about his receivers as a whole, about everything that's been going on this year that's been frustrating to him because – Okay, this is one call in one game, and yes, it ended in a spectacular touchdown, but it's not like it was the last play of the game. They had time left. This was a situation where they put themselves in this spot. The only reason they're in this spot is because of the big thing, kind of going to what you're talking about. Until they fix some of the big things that are wrong with them, you kind of got to miss me with the little stuff that you're complaining about, especially when it wasn't a bad call. Like, I get it's a call that you don't like to see called if you're Patrick Nor Mahomes. does it get called all the time. Often. But, but also, how, how often are you lining up offside? That's the <laughs> thing is how often is somebody – how often is a receiver lined as far offsides as Tony was in that situation? Not very often. And so, I mean, I think I, I, think I heard a, uh, on some commentary that it was – it's been called 11 times this year. It's not like it's never got called. Like, that's – a little less than once a week. So not a ton, but also that's probably the most egregious instance of it that we've seen all year. The only reason anybody actually cares is because that specific play ended in a touchdown and a rather spectacular touchdown at that. It is, it's beneath Patrick Mahomes to act this way, though, because it's not that just that he was mad about the call. He had a full-blown meltdown on, on, the sideline. on the sideline. Like, game is still happening. Just a full guy's holding him back. Full, yeah, I thought he was gonna try. Like, was he gonna hit a ref? Like, what do you like? What's your end game there, at man? At first, I thought he was yelling at the fans. I didn't know who he was yelling at until I like kind of figured out more context of like what was happening because it was a little bit after the play, and so I'm I'm just watching. There's like, what ha- what are you trying to prove here? Like, what is your end goal? If nobody holds you back, are you gonna go get nose to nose with a ref? How's that gonna end? Like, what what's the plan here, big guy? And I just – I didn't – it's such a bad look to throw a full-blown temper tantrum on the sideline over a correct call, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's not even like the – because sometimes I'll give a little bit of a pass when it's like, oh, that, that was pretty bad. When you get one of those calls, one of those pass interference calls that you're like, I don't, I don't know about that big guy, which is, by the way, a subjective call. This call was pretty cut and dry, mm-hmm. like black and white, like the dude – was lined yeah, he, had up. About, he had about 10 seconds to make up his mind if he was going to throw the flag or not because that's how long the play clock yeah. was. Well, and as he it's was ticking down, you're just looking there. at Tony like, are, are you going to move back? Are you going to stay gonna, there? Are you going to check with me at all? Like, what's happening here? And, Cadone, and, and Tony's just like, yep, we're good to go. It's like, no, you're really not, bud. So I, I just – if I expect more from Patrick Mahomes. And maybe that's not fair. But I, to be fair, I think I expect more from just most adults in any situation not to have a full-blown tantrum in that, you know, in that spot. So I don't, I don't think that's asking a ton. Well, that, I just know that based on how he was reacting in that moment, there, there's some deep-rooted frustration that has just kind of been sitting there for a long time. 
and it was just waiting to boil over. Yeah. And that was his boil over moment. Yeah, that, that was he'll, he'll come he'll come back to earth today. I, I hope so. He'll he'll come back to earth today. He'll <laughs> yeah. let it go. He'll move on because that's he's a player. Yeah. And you know sometimes as a player, when you're frustrated, you lash out, as I already said, but then you let it go. And you'll see Mahomes let it go because his personality is is not what we saw no. in the last minute. Now, did he go too far? I think so. When I say he went too far, Josh Allen doesn't care. Shake the dude's hand, walk off, and then complain about it when you get to the podium. But Josh Allen's shaking your hand, and, and you're just going to like complain about the call? What, do you th- what is Josh supposed to say? He just kind of like looked at him and then walked off yeah, like, because cool. it's like, well, no, it, it benefited us. Why would I agree with you that that is – not what should have been called in the moment. It, to me, it's a little ridiculous. Um, but again, it wouldn't have been a big deal if it didn't result in a cool play. It, it, it would, yeah. It, like, whatever anybody else thinks out there, mm-hmm. if you're out there tweeting like, oh, you know, miss me with the Chiefs get every call and, oh, miss me with uh, this is something that should have been a warning and, and not a flag. Like, if Travis Kelsey didn't lateral that ball, when I say lateral, more like a pass. Yeah, it was a straight-up throw. If he didn't pass he that back, He was channeling his college quarterback days there. And that didn't result in six points. And it only resulted in a Travis Kelsey first down. Which, again, nice play, not, not a highlight. I, I don't think this would be as big not, of a deal. We're probably not talking about it. The other thing, let's not pretend like the Chiefs' left tackle hasn't had a false start on every single play this year. Can we just talk about that for a minute? I mean, if you're going to complain about a call that was obviously correct, you're, I think you have to acknowledge, hey, we've gotten away with somewhere in the neighborhood of 900 false starts this year on one guy, and everybody's just kind of cool with it. So maybe, maybe you don't really want this thing called by the, by the letter of the law, Patrick. Like maybe, we, maybe that's not what you want here for the best thing for your team. It, it was – I don't like I said it was just super frustrating for me. I'm looking at the the view from the top right now yeah. and and Tony is literally a yard in front of the football. Yeah, he it's an aggress it's an egregious the penalty. center the center is behind the 49-yard dash. Yeah. And Tony's foot is on the 49-yard line. Yeah, like it is he is what is he? His helmet is nearly touching the defender. Yeah, he is looking. I think he is. I. I mean, I. I think the defender closest to him, and him, if they just walk towards each other, would hit each other. And the defender's not offside or not lined up offside. So, I, it's. I just really don't like that look from Patrick Mahomes more than anything, and, you know, it is what it is. Like he doesn't owe me anything, but it's a super hypocritical look. It's a super. I mean, honestly, and not – I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. I mean, he's super fun to watch. But that kind of stuff is like a loser mentality to me. I hate that. Mm-hmm. That's such a loser mentality. And that's, that's a fan mentality, to be even more clear. And not calling fans losers because I do the same thing, right? But if you're in it, you have to process the game a different way than I do watching on my couch right? Like DB would talk about this all the time. He's like, I try not to process the game as a fan. He's like, so I understand when fans get frustrated about this and that or whatever, 
but I process the game like a former player, like an analyst, like a coach. And so most of the time I don't agree with the like fan emotional take. That's what Patrick Mahomes was doing. You're not just not a fan. You have control over the outcome of this game mm-hmm. in a way that nobody else on the field does. And you're complaining about one of the few things that's not in your control, the referee. It's like, hey, maybe focus on the things that you're in charge of. Because it's not like he played a perfect game. It's not like the Chiefs played a perfect game. And at the end of the day, I think what this is really about is he's so frustrated that he doesn't have any receivers that he likes. I mean, it's Kelsey and and no one else, right? He's been frustrated with these guys all year long, and I think it finally just set him over the edge. But he, he still can't say, well, my receivers are trash. What do you expect from a bunch of trash receivers? Which I think is what he wanted to say. Like, I think deep down in his heart, what he was really mad about was like, yeah, of course he lined up a yard offside. This guy is garbage. Of course I'm upset and frustrated. My receiving core is garbage. Mm-hmm. But he can't say that out loud. So instead he loses his mind at the refs. It'll be something he moves on from, though. Uh, because he, he's battled adversity like this his entire career. When has he had, like, a really good starting wide receiver outside of Tyreek Hill? Um, yeah, I mean. It's been the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey show. Yeah. So this is the first time he's been faced with adversity like this where he hasn't had that number one star wide receiver on the outside that can bail him out of almost every situation because Kelsey has kind of t- dipped off a little bit. I'm not saying that he's still not uh, one of the best tight ends in the league this season, but he hasn't been as dominant well, as he's, we've he's seen aging. him I mean, in, in, in the past. Yeah. Right, and, and age catches up to you. So until they start putting guys around Mahomes that can actually be effective, you're going to get responses like this out of Mahomes. He's not used to losing this much. Yeah. He's not used to seeing all the L's pop up in the column like this. And losing in a way that's, I mean, that's a game that they should be able to win. If you're, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, that's a game that he needs to be able to win, and they weren't able to do it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we'll probably see some sort of him walking his statements back at some point. But, I, I mean, not that it matters, but this is very clearly to me one of those things where he's, he's acting mad about the thing that he's not really mm-hmm. that mad about. Well, and, you know, this has me thinking, and this is actually a, a perfect tie-in to things that we'll talk about today, but it has me thinking about the Angels a little bit, mm-hmm. okay? The Angels are a team that have – well, they're built on superstars, right? Like they, they get Mike Trout, best player in baseball, mm-hmm. right? You have Otani, who was arguably as of today the best player in baseball, mm-hmm. right? But with that Trout situation, which is the most unique, it, it's where he, it's where he was born and where he died, right? But you've, when was the time, or at least the last time you saw Trout get overly frustrated, vocally, in the public, about? the Angels organization and, and things not going right in a game. You don't see it. No, I was saying, I'm not sure I've ever seen any emotion on Mike Trout's face at all, ever. Right. And now half the season he's hurt yeah. because today it's just he – He's just kind of fizzling out uh, his body, as you said, catches up to you at that age. Catching up to Otani. Father time is undefeated. Uh, But two, it's kind of like one of those situations, like when you're on a team that is overly frustrating to either watch or be a part of, sometimes those emotions just get the best of you. Well, and they, they come out in ways that don't totally make sense, right? 
But um, you have to, as a player, yeah. you have to hone in. You're the leader of this team, Mahomes. Especially as, as a quarterback. Like it's, As a quarterback, it's a whole different deal. You have to hold all of that back and let it go behind closed doors. Yeah, you have to figure behind out. Behind it all. You can't have guys like us, no. a random morning show in Omaha, Nebraska, talking about you on a Monday. Not like this. Um, the... You brought up Otani. We will get to uh, the Shohei Otani stuff, the $700 million man. That number still doesn't seem real, but it is. Uh, we will get to Otani. I also want to get to some Heisman stuff uh, as well. But we've got a jam-packed show for you here today. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we're going to talk to Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Uh, Nebraska ball with a big win last night, uh, getting bouncing back against a, a win that – I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't. Think I didn't were, think was coming. I didn't think they were getting. I didn't think they were going to get. They got. They caught Michigan State at a good time because Michigan State is reeling right now. But they're still a dramatically better team than the team Nebraska just lost to in Minnesota. So that's a really big win for Nebraska basketball. Obviously, Nebraska volleyball headed to the Final Four. Congratulations to them as well. Uh, that'll be in Tampa, Florida. Coming up at 8:45, Callen Hake. Uh, from Team Jack Foundation is going to be joining us. Great organization. Uh, to talk a little bit about Team Jack. At 9 o'clock, we're going to talk to Steve Wiltfong about uh, some of the recruiting, transfer portal stuff. It's a busy time of year. He's the uh, recruiting director for 24-7 Sports. And then we'll wrap up the show at 9.45 with Steve Gardner. He uh, is a baseball writer for the USA Today. We'll get some insight on Otani. And, and that as well. And more around the league because there's deals yeah, all over the I place. I mean, Juan Soto gets traded to the Yankees. Alex Verdugo gets traded to the Yankees. You guys got Tyler O'Neill from the Cardinals. You're welcome. I'm, I'm not pleased. <laughs> um, the the, uh, the Royals signed Will Smith. Um, there. Which Will Smith? <laughs> uh, the men in black. Oh. Yeah. There. Well, there, there are two Will Smiths in baseball. <laughs> Yeah, and, and none of the they're all both less famous than the actor. Um, they're gonna go all hitch on him. They're going that Will Smith. Oh, um, hitch! Yeah. All right, little Kevin James action. You just just stay right here. Hey, making the pizza. You don't need to make pizza. They got food there. <laughs> um, that's those are the guests we've got coming on the show. Q tip. We're also Throw it away. We're also gonna I think try and get to Shane's world. It's been a couple weeks. Um, I know Shane really wants to play. He's been missing out on uh, on trying the jelly beans. So. We'll, uh, we'll see if we can get oh, well, If there's any left. Yeah, so I got to tell you Are this you just story. over there snacking? What's going so, on? <laughs> we j- I, I chose to play it on Wednesday. Okay, yeah, The yeah. day that, uh, that you were gone. Yeah. And Anna was in because I'm like, oh, well, Anna's got to experience Shane, Shane's world. Yeah, obviously, yeah. So I, I go over to get the box from Shane, and I just hear, oh! And then you just hear, like, little pebbles hitting the ground, right? But instead, in this case, it's jelly beans. And all it reminded me was Ross and friends when he's like, oh, major shampoo explosion. (laughs) Shane dropped half the box of jelly beans on the Come on, Shane. So now we have about like seven left, which is why I sent in our group text yesterday. I wonder if there's a holiday edition, like uh, for Christmas time, which there is a naughty or nice, but I think it's the same flavors. But I saw on Amazon, they have a spicy edition. Oh. No. Oh yeah. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm up for that. Come on. I don't know. Exactly. I don't right? know. I don't. There, there was a. <laughs> the flavor palette was. It, it was sriracha to jalapeno, and then it had like Carolina Reaper on there. Oh, oh 
my goodness. Can you imagine eating a spicy jelly bean at 8.30 in the morning? I cannot. I might pass on that. <laughs> uh, coming up next, I do want to talk about the Heisman Trophy results. Little bit frustrated with how that thing went. I'll tell you why. Coming up next year on Herd Out Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities.